The Unbillable Hour Community Table, where real lawyers from all around the country with real issues they are dealing with right now meet together virtually to present their questions to Christopher T. Anderson, lawyer and law firm management consultant. New questions every episode, and none of it scripted. The real conversations happen here. The first two segments today deal with an attorney who has an employee who won't fully comply with the duties of their job, but the attorney is struggling to find and hire a replacement. As the owner and manager of the law firm, I try to come up with the best way to do things, you know, the process, the checklists, etc. And I set them out along with samples, um, you know, to the staff and say, okay, you know, you're going to be handling this estate planning matter. You know, here's a drafting guide. Here's a sample estate plan. Here are the commonly asked questions, you know, et cetera. And I have someone who does a great job, but this person refuses to do part of what I consider to be the job, tracking their time. They refuse to track their time. And for example, passive aggressively or just, uh, or out like just out there and just like, I'm just not going to do it. Or they like, they say, they don't say I'm not going to do do it. it. You know, and I've done all these suggested things where I like explain why it's important. I explain why it benefits the firm. I explain how it benefits them. I explain, you know, why we need it so we can assess capacity, bring on additional support as needed you know, expectations that we have of the employee, expectations we can communicate to the client, you know, all of these things. And I ask, do I have your buy-in? Do I have your agreement? Sure, I'll do it. But when I look from July 15th to August 15th, there are 27 hours tracked. Her position is she works on flat fee matters. It takes up her time. She doesn't want to do what I want her to do. And I can't find somebody else to do it, or I haven't been able to find someone else to do it yet. But both of those statements were false. Well, that I haven't found someone yet? Nope, that one's true. The first statement you said was you can't. The second one said that you haven't been able to. Now the last one was that you haven't. That's true. The other two are not. But so is that where you are? I'll come back to that and just kind of help wrap your mind around that for a minute, but is that where you are right now? Is this person going to go? Right now is not sustainable. I'm not willing to boot this person today because I can't take on an extra 30 hours of work a week. Right. I just physically can't. But have you made the decision that this person's got to go? Remember, once you make that decision, your timing is all yours. Uh, You don't have to, it doesn't lock you into any timeline. It's just a decision. You're going to go this way. And you're not going to go that way. And making that decision is a really important step towards the hiring process because you're now hiring a, an open position, right? That that you need to fill. What I was getting at with the I'm not, you know, I, I can't hire, and then I haven't been able to hire, is that well, is that those are both defeating statements, right? That, that are not true. You can. And you were able to, you you just haven't yet. You haven't done what it takes to get them hired, to get somebody hired. And it's not a judgment. What it takes might be pretty big, but I have no doubt 
that if I set my mind to it, I could hire somebody for that role in your business in a week. If it was something critical was at stake for me, I could get that done. And I know you can too. So, you know, but you've got a lot of other stuff going on and maybe, maybe we'll try to rehabilitate. And like, there's a lot of softness around that needing to hire. So tell me what you have done and I'll help you get this done. What have you done to hire? I've talked to other paralegals. You and I have, I've been in the room when you've had this conversation with other people and sometimes even with me before. So you know, talk to other paralegals. I've reached out to some people, you know, on LinkedIn. I've done job posts. I've done different styles of job posts. Where have you where have you post where have you posted? So I use WiseHire, which sends it out okay. to different sites. Yeah. I've posted at paralegal, you know, schools that have paralegal programs with job searching capacities. And even in just colleges in the area, I've posted on listservs for attorneys in this practice area with the state bar. Now you're hiring a para or an attorney? Para. Okay, that's what I thought. You said with I thought you said on listservs with attorneys, just basically asking them if they know anybody. Yeah, you know, like like I I, I did sort of script by script what you said. I said, you know, hey colleague. Whenever I've worked with your office, your para X is always great. I promise I'm not trying to poach her. Is it okay if I speak with her and ask her if she knows of anyone that, you know, might be interested? And they said, sure. Thank you so much. That's so nice to hear. I really like her too. You better not try to steal her. I promise I won't. And then I have the conversation. They're like, oh, we, I really appreciate, I've done it like twice like, oh, I really appreciate that, you know, you notice that, you know, I take pride in my work. I'm sorry, I don't really know anyone, but I'll keep my eyes out. Those are all good things to be doing. Um, and so, and, and you got the script just about right. So that's really great. So then we have to think about, so what aren't you doing? Because obviously if, so how long have you had the job posted on Rise Hire and been talking to other paralegals and reaching out on LinkedIn and putting stuff on listservs and making these calls? Like how long have you been in, in this process for this role? For this role, I've done this a few times and I sort of come up against what I felt were dead ends and I decided I would just make it work. Okay. For this person? Yes. For this person. Okay. Most got it. recently since Monday. Okay. So that's like zero time, but yeah. And other than the timekeeping, how is she at this job? If she was perfect at her timekeeping, would she be a total keeper? No. Her work product is quite good. But she works really hard to maintain the mystery of how she gets from A to Z. And my multiple requests for writing up what she's doing, her processes, et cetera, are like 25% kept and 75% ignored. She also unilaterally decided that her job was permanently remote as COVID has come to an endemic state. Is that a problem for you? I offered her, I said, I don't need you in the office every day, but it would be very helpful to me if you would be in the office three or four days a month, maybe like why? two days one week, two days another week. Why, why is that very helpful for you? One, we could load all of our signings into those days because sometimes things okay. need 
not all of them, but we could load signing appointments on those days. You're still doing all signings in person? They have to be in New York. You need wet ink. Okay. And there's a presumption of validity when it's supervised by an attorney. So most of them are in the office. Also, although I know virtual is great and I have people that work for me on, you know, multiple continents that I've never met, I like sitting in a room with someone once in a while to go over things. Maybe I'm a fuddy-duddy. Well, you're the business owner. That, that, that you like it is sufficient, okay? I mean, that, that you don't have to justify it. That is a sufficient answer. You didn't come to that answer until just now, but that's a sufficient answer. I've had that answer for quite a while. And the, the unilateralness, she doesn't ask for time off. She informs me that, you know, she'll be off that day. How long has this person been with you? About three years. When was it that you set these expectations for that's how she's going to uh, interact with you? I think she just sort of put them together for herself over time, and I didn't push back. In a world where you're 100% responsible for this, when did you allow, when, when, was it because you didn't push back at some point? I did, but I guess not strongly enough for her. Yeah, this person's walking all over you. She's not doing the job the way you ask her to do it. She's playing games with you when you ask for information. This is, this is an unhealthy relationship. So, decision has been made. Now we need to fill the seat. Delegate out those tasks that take up your time. Staffy can help you with your legal, administrative, marketing, and even client-facing workload. Hiring Staffy's top-notch bilingual virtual staff means Staffy does the recruiting, hiring, and training for you. Then, if you need a change, Staffy handles it. You get to concentrate on your strategic work. Schedule a free consultation at staffy.cc. That's S-T-A-F-I dot C-C and get $500 off with code HAPPY24. Law Clerk's nationwide network of talented freelance lawyers is trusted by thousands of law firms. Solo attorneys and firms can get help with the project-based work and also ongoing work via a subscription. Sign up is free and there are no monthly fees. You only pay when you delegate work. Plus, Law Clerk has a new app for your mobile device to help you manage the work you've delegated while you're on the go. Be sure to use referral code UNBILLABLE when you sign up at lawclerk.legal. Decision has been made. Now we need to fill the seat. You're doing some good stuff. At some point, a recruiter is not a bad idea. At some point, you have to do more of it. You know, on WiseHire, do you boost your posts on WiseHire? I did. Okay, good. You said you've reached out to people on LinkedIn. Have you used LinkedIn's hiring platform? Not this week, but I have. I mean, that's another thing to do. You know, you said you started on Monday. So, I mean, it's just like a full court press where you need to be heavily just reaching out to the folks in the way that with the script that you said, but I mean, just like, over and over and over again. So to every family or uh, sorry, state planning attorney that you can think of that has decent staff to talk to them. If you don't have the bandwidth to do all that, because you also are right now a one-armed paper hanger doing all the work in your office, then you probably need to get with someone that can offload some of that heavy lifting for you. Someone who's going to actually do head hunting. And most of, most of them suck, but there are a few that don't. So I spoke with a headhunter, with a recruiter, whatever you want to call her, 
And I liked her a lot. And then she sent me her proposal and she wants me to pay her like 15 grand. And she's going to present two vetted and ready to work at least two vetted, appropriate, ready to work applicants. I'm like, but what if I don't like either of them? What if they both smell bad? And she's like, well, you've paid for my time. Like, is this the new mom? And I spoke to my mom who's been in the business. There are some folks who do many years. And she was like, what? No, no, they don't get paid until they deliver someone that you successfully hire and are going to keep for a certain period of time. Listen, different recruiters, different recruiters have different contracts. Some of them do pay, pay like a contingent fee. You pay them a percent when, when you do hire, some of them do this model and some of them do a hybrid. And so there's, there's, there are a lot of different ways. If you don't like that way and you don't trust, then that's, then you should go with one, one of the ones that gets paid upon successful hire. The last step that I've got to ask is, you know, in this environment, what are you offering for pay? What's your comp package? Because I'm, I'm smelling that as being the problem. 70000 Flat? No incentives? I can definitely come up with incentives. I, I mean, I haven't gotten to the point of having that conversation with anyone of coming across anyone that I want to have that conversation with. You know, we have, you know, holidays, PTO, you know, 401k with matching, you know, health insurance, like all of that. Yeah, but on wise, so on wise hire, and when you put it out there in the world, it says 70,000. That's what it plus benefits or I mean, how is it, how do you have it out there? Yeah. Now keep in mind, like this is not also, and listen, if an extra 10 grand will get me the right person in the seat, I will totally do that. This is almost not really a paralegal role. This is like, you know, you you speak nicely with clients, you take information, you put it into software, you follow the rules I give you, you generate documents. Like it's more of, it's really more of a legal secretary, I think, or I know some people call them drafters. Like this is not someone who's doing legal research, doing legal writing, you know, like a sort of formal paralegal does. Right. So is your ad out there for a paralegal? Maybe it shouldn't be. What do you put as the role? Legal secretary? I mean, you said, you said the words legal secretary, drafter. I like drafter, you know, drafting assistant, legal assistant. There's a mismatch here. You're putting it out there as a paralegal at seventy thousand dollars. You're telling me that's not what the role is. That just, you know, the world of paralegals are going to look at that and go like, "Well, there's a mismatch here." And you know, you should be getting some candidates, but you know, at paralegals right now are tough to hire, and you might need to add to. I, I, I predict if you added that, if you put it to eighty, I'm not suggesting you do it, by the way, but if you put it to eighty, you get lots of applicants because you would be standing up above the market. And that, I think that would make the difference. But I think you have found a possible other solution. I would open up a second role, leave the paralegal role open on wise hire and put a second role up as legal assistant or drafter and you know, keep everything the same, drop the salary, put end benefits and production bonus. And I am willing to wager that you will get better quality applicants than you're getting now and more of them. And then I'm one more question. What do you think about the whole idea of don't apply through the website, but email it and put this in the subject line, you know, et cetera? The answer is they should apply through the website because 
there's good things that happen at the website. I then review. So my process is that I believe in is I have them, if I'm not working with a recruiter, I have them apply through WiseHire or whatever other platform you're using. I review, I give an initial review to the resume and cover letter if they sent one. And, you know, that I usually cull 80% that way. And then I send the, the email request that they do all the things that I want. The, the, you would call it a quiz or you call it a, uh, a, a, an exercise is what I call it. Um, they do all the things in the exercise, like sending you back an email with the you know, name spelled backwards and the thing in a PDF and whatever questions you want to ask and all that stuff. You do that to the smaller number. I think it's more respectful to the applicants. It's more respectful of your time, too, in reviewing those things. And, uh, and it enables you to leverage the power of the software so that you're getting disk reports, you know, because you're getting, you know, on, on WiseHire, you can do um, assessments and you can do, you know, you can get all that done as well. And it really enhances the process. Nearly 80% of people search for lawyers online. They visit websites and check reviews. If your site doesn't appear in the top search results or it presents poorly, you risk losing clients. That's why you must know how your firm stacks up on Google against the competition. See how your reviews impact clients' decisions and how you can get better results from your site. Get an unbiased marketing performance report in under a minute right now at Grow Law Firm. And that's growlawfirm.com slash unbillable. Once again, growlawfirm.com slash unbillable. Simplify with Cosmolex, the only fully integrated practice management solution. Everything you need, accessible anywhere. Cosmolex's Money Finder reminds you about billable items so there's no time tracking. And you don't need QuickBooks. Trust and general accounting, invoicing and payments, all built in. Because everything is integrated, Cosmolex's advanced reporting makes it simple to know your numbers and make smarter decisions. Get a free trial and take 20% off your first year at Cosmolex.com. For our final segment, an attorney is weighing whether to rehab or fire an employee who isn't complying with the firm's policies. Somewhere along the way, you had mentioned respect and disrespectfulness of what you want to see happen. And not that I'm a dictator or anything, but like the pure basic bare minimum, like I I tried to rehab you and you continue to just not care, right? perhaps not even outwardly, but a passive aggressiveness of not caring. So that is continuing to happen in my particular situation. As of Tuesday afternoon, around three o'clock, particularly Chris, I was planning on <laughs> attempt, <laughs> attempting to rehab this person or try to get some additional clarity as to why this person does what she does or doesn't do what she doesn't do. And like, like what, what the whole, really what's behind the issue behind the issue. But another, another thing happened today in the big scheme of things, very minuscule and not, not important, but it really solidified that statement that you made that this is just an ongoing, I guess, lack of a better phrase, an ongoing FU kind of a thing. And, you know, I had set a email policy in place intentionally. I mean, I had one. Everyone was loosey-goosey with it. We had a accidental breach on Sunday. I got nervous. It, again, it all turned out okay, but that was a warning sign to me. So I reiterated the policy to the team. I said it's non-negotiable. Approve, you know, 
this internal communications will not be done by email. I don't care what it is. It all goes through our, you know, team's channel. Are you reading this? Please acknowledge you read it, accept it, and we'll comply. Yes, 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 yes. Down the line. No problem. Yay. Yay me. Good leader. Lo and behold, today, it's like it never freaking happened, right? Uh, on this particular person who keeps just not caring about the structure and not caring about the, the stuff. So I'm sitting here wondering, what the hell am I doing? What the hell am I doing? I mean, perhaps a decision has been made. The timing is not going to happen right now at all. But has a decision been made or should I continue to attempt to rehabilitate on the off chance that I might be, I, I have very bad FOMO. So I might be missing an opportunity if I don't explore it further versus just saying, I can't do this anymore. I'm, I'm spent. I'm exhausted. So what's the new thing that happened? This person had a question about the paycheck, basically. It, it was benign. It was benign. And of course, I forgot. So I responded to the email. It was an internal oh. communication. Got it. That's, that's, that's what I wanted to know. It was an internal communication that she sent by email. But it gets worse. So I had responded. And then I followed up. I said, oh, no, we both lost. I gave them one free shot for the week. If you screw up this week, right. no big deal. Right. I said, oh, no, we both we both screwed up. We both we both lost our free pass for the week. So any, I said, anyway, moving this to our other system. And the response was, no, we didn't. Well, at least I didn't, because I don't think this topic should be discussed amongst the, the, the rest of the staff. And I said, what the hell are you talking about? I didn't say it like that. I was like, what do you mean? We have a private channel, which this person has been communicating with me on a lot. So I said, listen, I said, I'll, I'll, I'll write something in our private channel so you know where it is and you can ping it easy. And so I wrote, you know, here's our private channel, as you can see. And the response was like, fancy, fancy. Who You've been here six months. I, I, what's happening right now? It's as if like this never, this was a new thing. You set a policy. You set one free chance. That one has happened with some bizarre, incomprehensible explanation, but that's what happens. So now that one chance has been used up and just stick to your policy. I mean, when you say, we ask the question, you know, has a decision been made or am I going to go back to rehabbing or whatever? It's like, I often come to that exact question with people. I'm like, what, what, what's not working? Because I try not to be knee jerk because like you and like everybody, I know, I know the pain of recruiting. Whether I have a recruiter or not, it's still a pain. Just even if I, there was zero pain in actually the recruiting process, the process of bringing someone new on board is a giant pain. So I always have that in mind. But I also know that I, you know, what I'm willing to tolerate and what I'm not. But so when I come to that point where I think it's time, very often I will create a, for better lack of a better terminology, a, a performance improvement plan, a PIP. And I will communicate it with that employee. They're like, here are some things that are, you know, aren't working for me. And I think it's important to communicate these to you because you may want to fix them. Um, you may want to work on them. And I spell them out very clearly. You know, I expect your billing, I'm seeing you log 22.5 billable hours. I'm expecting 30. By the end of, you know, and I'll say by the end of next month, three out of the four weeks, you'll have hit 30 and you won't have gone below 27. And then the following month, you'll be above 30 consistently. 
And I've noticed that when you are communicating with clients, you're not making any log of that communication with clients. I would expect, I would be expecting to see that. And I'm thinking of one person in particular, just because this is one that I did recently, right? There was a third thing. I don't remember what it was. Oh, yeah, you'll be prepared for, for Scrum. Um, that when you come to Scrum, you'll be prepared and succinct um, because, you know, you saying um and thinking is wasting everybody's time. And, you know, I put those, I, I said, so th th this is what's important to me. If that's, if it seems like that's a big ask, then, you know, that's fine. Uh, but, you know, that's certainly your call, but this is what my request is. Would you like to challenge yourself to do this, to, to be able to rise to this? So and I get the, the affirmative. So it's not like a PIP that I hand them and go like, go do this or you're fired. It's like, you're basically what I'm basically saying. I don't use the words, but like you're fired right now. But here's how you can choose to keep your job. But I, I never say it that way. So the words I actually use are, um, this, this, these are things that are not working well for me and they're very important to me. Are you willing to step up and take the challenge to operate in this way? Um, because if so, I think, you know, I'll be very happy and you'll, you know, you, I think you'll do much better in your role. But if not, I totally understand. I'm giving you the choice. And then, but then the most important thing, Carrie, is that I stick to it. And if those, if those benchmarks don't happen, then my decision is final. And then I, I do it on my own time when the time is right for me. Do you sit down and have a, a conversation followed up with a piece of paper or do you do this in an email? Usually I do it in a conversation and then I follow it up with a detailed slack because we don't do any of this internal communication. <laughs> yeah, as I tell you about my policy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but that's my policy too. We don't, that's exactly my policy. We do not do any internal communications by email. Yeah. And that's, that's the exact process. And, you know, then to me, you know, I've got one right now. It's a dead man, dead, dead person walking and in, in my business, it's not convenient right now for me to, to terminate this person. But it doesn't change the fact that I've made a decision and that, you know, the people that need to know, know that I've made that decision. I always try to make sure people know so that I don't get wishy-washy. Right. Would it, would it necessarily be bad if I avoided the conversation and just did it by electronic means? I mean, in our, in our channel? I think it's better to have it as a conversation because there's going to be feedback and some back and forth that I think is better. But, you know, it's better to do it by Slack than not do it at all. Okay. And would you suggest having the conversation first and then following up with the email or doing the email and then following up with the conversation? I'm sorry. I keep saying email. I meant electronic, you know, electronic yeah, form or do the electronic form and then follow it up with a conversation. I would start with a conversation. Okay. That's just how I, I would do it. I mean, I just, I just call them up and I say, hey, I need about 15 minutes of your time. Here are these things that aren't working for me. Here's what I think. And I, I don't make them a answer even at the moment. I said, listen, you know, if you want to think about this, about whether you, this is something you want to commit to, that's fine. You know, how long do you need? A day? Two days? Three days? That's fine. You know, it's, it's a low pressure situation. It's me giving them an opportunity to tell me whether they think they're up to what I need. Yeah, that makes sense. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you for listening. This has been the Unbillable Hour Community Table on the Legal Talk Network.
Learn by Doing with Practicing Law Institute's award-winning on-demand interactive programs. Developed by experts in learning design, these immersive programs incorporate the latest in research-based instructional design and technology, allowing you to try out concepts, challenge yourself, and grow your skills using real-world scenarios. With programs focusing on professional development, client-facing skills, and law practice management, you can earn CLE while you learn. Launch now at pli.edu interactive or download PLI's mobile app.